and welcome to another episode of the DJ Spotlight here on Disc Jockey News TV. This Winnipeg DJ producer has been regularly performing at venues all over Winnipeg. His intense schedule would make you wonder how he gets it all done and still finds time to make music and master other people's music. The story of how he came to sign one of his tracks by world-renowned producer DJ Tommy Sunshine will inspire you. Today I'm talking with Winnipeg's very own House of Panda. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Of course. So for people that are just hearing about you, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your early beginnings in the industry up until where, where you are today? Um, yeah, so I started DJing, I think it was eight or nine years ago. Um, I was just DJing, I wasn't producing. I didn't start producing until about two years ago. And I'm not exactly sure why I put it off for so long. Maybe because I just, I just didn't really think about it too much. And then I would actually like open up like a DAW and get kind of intimidated. So it kind of just like, and, and I, was, I was a lot busier DJing before locally, like, um, but I was just doing that. So I know what you mean though, about opening up these <laughs> DAWs and being like, okay, this is a little intense. Um, yeah. And now you're doing so, so amazing with your <laughs> Can you tell us about this thing you did that I think is like really intimidating for a lot of us. You went up to somebody to get fine. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us how you even thought to do this and the story? Um, I kind of just winged it because I went to ADE last year, uh, Amsterdam dance event in uh, the Netherlands there. And um, I just made a bunch of like USBs with my demos on it had no plan of like connecting with a certain person or whatever, but just had like a list of people on my schedule to see. And one of them was Tommy Sunshine at the, um, at an ADE panel. Um, so I got there late actually sat in the back, wait till this thing was done. And then, um, I noticed that he was sticking around to talk to some of the people there. And then I was waiting for my turn, introduced myself and I was like, Hey, I'm like, um, would you mind checking out my demo or like one of my tracks? He's like, yeah, sure. And he had the CDJs there. So he just plugged it in and I'm like, uh, this is kind of a weird track. It's like 145 BPM bass house. He's like, oh, okay, cool. And he plays it and there's like maybe like five, six people in the room. And then he's like, looks at me. He's like, do you want to sign this? I'm like, I kind of put it on SoundCloud already. He's like, don't worry about it. We'll take it. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. So it was just like that spare the moment. Let's go for it. Yeah. Thinking about it. That's, that's pretty incredible. What kind of panel was he talking on that day? Um, it was something about classical music and dance music. Yeah. I got this. I got that like halfway through. So like I missed the first half, but um, he talked for about 20 minutes and then he showed us some like unreleased tracks he had. And then, uh, he took questions and then that was it. Yeah. And then we talked for a long time after that in that room. So we, we eventually got kicked out of that room for being there for too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You've been playing regularly in Winnipeg, like venues and nightclubs for yeah, yeah. quite oh. some time. Like you're, you, you've got quite the schedule. What advice would you have to artists that are trying to get on that kind of rotation? 
I think first is to be confident in your like skill set as a DJ, and I mean, make sure that it is good enough to um, play live. Um, a lot of DJs just want to, you know, they pick up their first decks and they want to start playing at a club. But like when I first started, um, um, one of my best friends was the owner at Republic, uh, Jack. So. I thought he would just give me like a gig and let me play there, but he made me do three mixtapes before he even gave me, gave me my first gig there to make sure, to make sure like I was like able to DJ like flawlessly. So I would, I would say first is to get your skill set together. And then second is to network Mm -hmm. with the right people. And then, um, if you aren't getting booked at clubs, then start throwing your own parties. Mm-hmm. That'd be the best way. Yeah. I really like that. I like that you mentioned, like, obviously have those skills up. That is so rad. Um, that Jack was encouraging you to really, yeah. like, <laughs> your skills. Cause you don't always hear about that. That's like totally behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Um, that's pretty incredible. And like, you've been DJing for quite some time. I don't think a lot of people know that. Yeah. Since, oh man, I can't even remember the year, but it's been like eight, nine years. Yeah. How long were you DJing before you started playing out? Um, I think it took me three to four months of practice before I got my first gig. Wow. And, that, and back then I was playing on CDs. So I had this huge CD booklet and it was just like, <laughs> Such a yep. pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. It's like the scratches on the CD and the skips. Um, oh, yeah. And I, did, I didn't even have um, the track list labeled up properly. I just put like words, like, uh, like words of the song on, on, like, the, on the CD. I didn't print out a track list properly. <laughs> so it was a mess. <laughs> totally relatable. Totally yeah. relatable. <laughs> Networking. Uh, a lot of people don't really like that word, but yeah. they don't necessarily know what that might look like. What does networking look like for you? Um, I think you kind of need to let it come naturally. Like, cause I think people um, can tell if you're talking to them to use them for something or you're trying to get something out of them, right? Like, especially for me, if I feel like someone's just trying to... Um, get to know me to get somewhere like use, using me as like kind of like a, like a step to the next thing or to get somewhere. It kind of like turns me off from like communicating with that person. So it's better to just let it come naturally because if, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then mm-hmm. you can try, you know, different other, other things. Right. So, but just, uh, I think being genuine and um, treating it like a, a friendship more than like a business when you're meeting people. So, yeah. Yeah, I I would absolutely agree. Uh, I know that we kind of we're kind of in different realms as DJs here in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the one thing that I really notice about the crew of people that you're working with is that authenticity and that teamwork. Like you guys just really encourage each other, and it's so yeah. inspiring. And I think that's why you all are doing so incredible in your yeah <laughs> yeah um, for sure. When you're not DJing and creating music, you're now mastering other people's music. How did you come to this idea? And yeah, um, 
I haven't been super busy with that uh, lately, but I've been like just tossing it out to the people. Like if like if they ever wanted something mastered, um, I can do it for them. Um, a lot of these new producers are using like um, on online services just to to get stuff mastered, and I, I don't think that is the right way to go because if it's an algorithm mastering your track, like is it really listening to it mm-hmm. with ears? So not really, right? So. A lot of people are doing that, and it's like, I mean, it is a little cheaper, but it, like I always found I like mastering my own stuff because I can get the results I wanted. Like, and then if I can't, then I can go back in and tweak it myself. Mm. Yeah. So people like, um, yeah, it's usually new producers that I try to like cater to because um, I do offer it pretty cheap too. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, your rates are totally reasonable and your skill set is phenomenal. I was really mm-hmm. surprised to learn that you mastered your own tunes because I've heard so many artists that send their music for mastering. So that I think yeah. it's so fantastic. And like what you were saying before about how you can go in and manipulate things on your own if you're learning how to do this yourself. I know that a lot of the times when I send my music out for mastering, I'm like, huh, this doesn't really sound like my track anymore. Yeah. Right? It doesn't have the vibe you the vibe you want, mm-hmm. right? So that was the hard thing when I, I I used to get my first couple of tracks mastered. I came back and I'm like, yeah, like it's good, it's loud, it's like clean where I wanted to, but some things have changed now because of the way the person mastered it, right? So Yeah, depending yeah. on what kind of music they master regularly yeah. as well, hey? Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, in your opinion, why do you think that DJs get stuck? And how do you think they can get themselves out of that rut? Um, like DJing or like making music? Right. So I think as an artist, it could be either or, right? Maybe we're getting stuck because we feel like we're not getting the gigs. Maybe we feel stuck because yeah. our sound isn't what we're hoping it to be. Yeah. I think DJing, um, especially in most cities, if you're, if you're a very niche kind of genre DJ, it's a lot tougher to have gigs all the time. Um, like a top 40 DJ will obviously have a lot more gigs, right? Um, I think if you want it, if you're more of a niche DJ, you're going to have to almost, it's a must that you start producing and making your own music, right? Um, I think the, I guess the demand for like a DJ that is just good at DJing a certain genre is kind of like not as much than like someone that has their own brand, their own sound kind of thing. So I, I would say if your if your genre is not something that's like um, getting booked a lot in your in your city, start um, making music in that genre so you can get like um, attention elsewhere, right? Yeah. I like that you said that. And actually, earlier you, you were talking about if you're not getting the bookings, maybe you have to start uh, promoting your own shows because you're involved with that yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we threw that basement, uh, our basement event, because um, there's not much else that's going to. Uh, that's out there that's going to book um, like me and like the other guys that are on there, right? So just might as well throw in your own party, promote to your friends, and yeah, see if it works out. 
Yeah. Usually it, it does. So. Yeah. Oh, your events are phenomenal. People talk about it for days after that happens and <laughs> bring out so many amazing people. Like you can just tell you guys have such amazing vibes and uh, such great energy for shows. Yeah. I wanted to ask if there's any upcoming events, releases, or news that you'd like to share to end off this uh, interview today. I have, I'm working on Speed House Volume 2, which will be on Brooklyn Fire. I have a official remix um, coming out on Ultra Records. And then I'll be playing ADE this year for the Brooklyn Fire label night. Dude, yeah. yeah. How like how out of your mind are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's pretty pretty surreal. Like things are starting to happen, and then you know more things happen. So it just keeps me motivated to to keep working, keep um, yeah. Well, your your story is so inspiring. I'm <laughs> so happy for you, and I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us today. I think a lot of our viewers are going to find this incredibly helpful, and maybe they'll be contacting you for some mastering services after they yeah. call your music. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And for the rest of y'all that are watching and tuned in, make sure you let us know in the comments below if there's anything that really stood out to you, resonates with you, or any questions you have for us to ask on this show. Until next time, don't let no one kill your vibes.